Welcome to AB Testing Podcast, your modern testing podcast. Your hosts, Alan and Brent, will be here to guide you through topics on testing, leadership, agile, and anything else that comes to mind. Now, on with the show. And we're back. Hey, yes, Brent. we are. Hey, man, <laughs> it seems like it's been forever. It has been. You know, life happens and we slow down. Uh, you get what you pay for with the A-B testing podcast. How much does it cost, Brent? Zero. Our business Zero. model is wrong. No, we do it. <laughs> we, we, we don't do this for the money. We don't do it for the fame. In fact, I don't know if I've mentioned this on air. I don't recall how much I've mentioned it to you, Brent. But did you know the A-B testing podcast is an LLC? I did not. I have. Fi- I forgot. I haven't told you this for the last three or four months. <laughs> AB testing is its own entity with its own uh, tax number. We have our own bank account, and all of the the proceeds I get from things that are that were born in modern testing, which is basically every conference talk I give, the uh, Ministry of Test, modern testing course, etc. All that goes into the bank account, which I use then to pay for hosting and other random that's shit. That's it. But I think, you know, as it, it's not a lot of money in there, but as it builds up and as God, it's been a long year. As this COVID year ends and the next COVID year begins, somewhere at the end, there'll be conferences that people go to. And I thought it would be cool if we could do like scholarships for those things like that, do some sponsorships, give back to the community that has supported us uh, for so long. So that's my plan with that. But yeah, we're, we're an LLC. We have a checking account and I make sure that uh, any billing I do for any proceeds go into that. And then I spend money out of that for the podcast, what I just said. So yeah. How did we get there? How you been, man? I've been okay. Uh, I'm finding, I'm finding um, the potentially up-and-coming constitutional crisis interesting. Oh, oh, and we're going to talk about that. You know why? Because uh, this is the last podcast we are going to do in 2020. (gasps) If you're a listener and you'd like to be on an ABT 343, which I haven't done in a while because I've been very busy, I will have some time in the rest of the month. Uh, Ping me. And maybe we can get something set up. But yeah, this is our end of year 2020 recap looking forward. We're going to go over our predictions from last year. We're going to talk about some things interesting from this year besides COVID. I should say including COVID. And we'll talk about some things we're expecting to see next year. So uh, yeah, that's our plan for today. All right, then. I don't know if we should go. Well, before we go into what we predicted, we all know what we hated about 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and and by the way, it's interesting. This is episode 131. uh, And the last one we did was just before the election. It was. It was election prediction episode. You were wrong and right. You predicted. Uh, We'll go into predictions and then uh, we'll go back to my original uh, one prediction. Then we'll go back to my original agenda here. Yep. You predicted Trump would win and the country would burn. Uh, Trump lost and the country is burning. So as far as I am aware, and maybe you... Uh, Stay close to the microphone, Brent. Uh, maybe you are more aware than I have. But as far as I'm aware, all states have not yet certified. Most states, actually all states, I believe, have certified. 
Yeah, I don't know. So the news I had as, as of yesterday is that it had not yet occurred. The electorates don't vote for another week and a half. December but the, 14th. But the, but the elections, as far as I know, were all to be certified by the end of November. There is a path. There is a path where my prediction holds true. Would you like to hear it? <laughs> I can go read it on uh, any conspiracy website, I'm sure. <laughs> no, the, the path is essentially... If if all states fail to certify, there is a path where where that escalates to the House. And the House uh, then votes on the president, but they vote like the Senate. In other words, the House, each state gets one vote. And if that happens, the red states outnumber the blue states. They do. Trump wins. That would be hilarious. And there would and, be, and, and you'd still be right. The the country would burn. Oh, it would even burn hotter than it would have if he had won on election day. Right. So because there's going to be all those people who, like as you just stated, um, claim claiming he lost and suddenly he having that lose. ripped away. He <laughs> did lose. To- yes, we could break apart what little remains of what we call democracy in our country and have him win, but he lost. Regardless of what happens on a technicality, which is a long shot, he lost. Well, he lost I, by a yeah. lot. Yeah, certainly he has not shown himself to be particularly presidential since since well, the election. I mean, he hasn't shown himself to be presidential for the last four years. He's been exceptionally poor in the last four weeks. Yes, uh, agreed. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so I've I, said I've said my say on that. All right, we're not recording, but I'm sipping on a lovely Costco cold brew coffee. Uh, I've almost not gone to a store since uh, the pandemic began. I've probably been in, inside of a grocery store three or four times since March. Uh, I have become an Instacart patron. Uh, they bring me nice things, and I and I tip the drivers nicely. It works out well. But I got a little Costco run delivered yesterday. I joined Costco for the first time ever in 2020. How about that for an accomplishment? Yeah, it's interesting because uh, I I have been using Costco less and less. But for the first time in over a year, I actually got a Costco delivery yesterday. Oh, well, that's what mine came was yesterday. <laughs> wow. Aren't, aren't we close and tight now? We are. We are. Oh, we are. We so, both get Costco uh, Before things. we I go recap our predictions from our 2019 show, if you'd like to pause here, go back and listen yourself, I think it was episode 119 or something. You, you can find it. I thought I would take some time to see if there's anything at all that you and I can think of that we enjoyed about the year that will forever be known as 2020, the year from hell. Uh, books, movies, podcasts, articles, people, etc., what did you enjoy about 2020? I do have two things. Number one, I have a bunch of new hires that came to my team, uh, and they were all based in the East Coast of the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of the timeliness of COVID, I guess, right? they, they integrated rather well. Because basically, even the people who weren't remote were now remote. Um, so that was that was nice. 
it's rare for me to have within a few months of a new hire, you know, people reaching out and going, Oh my God, this guy's fantastic. Blah, 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 blah. Right. Um, it was a great level setting, I guess. Uh, it allowed everyone to be on the same level. That was nice. The other thing I would say is a podcast, uh, that I have found is really helping me uh, be a be a solid distraction as well as empathetic. And and I don't know if you recall a super popular show about 15 years ago called Scrubs. I, I know that show. Yeah. Yep. Has it so, been that long? God, yeah, it's I'm been old. a while. I am it, old, by the way. I had a birthday yesterday. Oh, and that's yes, you did. And and I actually noted to. Hassle me about that. I was going to say congratulate you. I am officially reaching geriatric levels of age. Remind myself, I think you're what, two years older? Three? I don't know. How old are you? I turned 51 in March. Yeah, I'm four years older than you. I just hit the double nickels. Oh, so if you were still here at Microsoft, you... I could retire and keep all my stock. You're right. You you now hit the immediate immediate best. Yes. (laughs) Yes, I could not. I could not have made it that long. I would not have made it. I'd be dead. But anyway, go on. This podcast, uh, Scrubs, <clears throat> go on. Yeah, uh, the name of the podcast is Fake Doctors, Real Friends, and it's hosted by the two main characters from Scrubs, um, Donald Faison and Zach Braff, and they're basically going back and rewatching the the Scrub shows and sort of doing random commentary that they they have but for the most part they go off tangent i smile every time they do that because uh i'm like ah it's not just me and alan um but it's amusing um it's got a good deal of background information about the show which i loved it's got a good deal of empathy and compassion got a good deal of sort of venting and frustration and to me it's been it's been soothing and helpful in some regards because, you, you know, you got these two guys who's out there making it very clear uh, they're feeling different versions of exactly the same bullshit pain I am. So that that's been a little gem uh, for me. Fake doctors, real friends. Very cool. I'm going to share a couple podcasts that have joined my high rotation in 2020. Uh, the first one is, of course, I'm a big Pat Lencioni fan, Lencioni, uh, author of Five Dysfunctions of a Team, but I've read everything he's ever written. Uh, he has a podcast uh, talking about one thing I want to go into into 2021 episode is his new concept hasn't even written a book about it, but it's very similar to Strength Finders. It's uh, the six types of genius, and it's really just talking about what are I don't want to go deeply into it. I mentioned it in a five for Friday a few weeks ago. It is fascinating. I'd love to dive into that sometime. But that was heard that for the first time on his podcast. The other one, there's just incredible storytelling. And uh, in fact, I'm going to tell a little bit. No, I don't want to go into it. But take, take the whole story. So it's uh, called Cautionary Tales. And it is just fascinating storytelling about uh, one that was just fantastic. Uh, Bowie Jazz and the Unplayable Piano. And he's good at winding these stories together. But the story here is, I don't want to give it away, but it's really about 
the main story that they start and end with with some weaving is about a concert that Keith Jarrett, play, jazz uh, piano player, played in Germany. Uh, really famous recording came out of that, and just kind of how it came to be, which is a massive fluke. Which, you know, I spend a lot of my time thinking about uh, how complex systems fail, and or really how complex systems work, and it just brings a lot of. Uh, sort of meta insight into that sort of thing. So that's another of my favorites that I'd recommend from 2020. What was the name again? Uh, Cautionary Tales. Okay. It is most excellent. Highly recommend it. Uh, I binged it a few weekends ago and went through about a half a dozen episodes. I have more to do. And that's all I mentioned for my podcast. Um, Movie-wise, oh, did, did you watch The Queen's Gambit on Netflix? No, I thought it was excellent. It made me want to play chess again, and then I remembered, <laughs> oh yeah, I suck at chess. Well, it 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 depends on who you play, right? Right, so, it sure does. Right, um, play a five year old, and you'll go, yeah, chess. <laughs> um, depends on the five year old, <clears throat> right? Well, it, 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 that's true. Uh, uh, play your puppy. There you go. I was thinking through. I think the only I think I have only watched. One movie. No, that's false. I watched two movies this year. One, I, it was the new Pixar movie uh, with the two boys who are trying to. Uh, one of them learns sorcery and tries to summon his dad. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I saw that. What was that called? Uh, I feel like it has the word close in the title. Okay, It was funny. Yeah, uh, I saw that one. And then I Our also... Hate us. They're, they're, they're yelling the name <laughs> out right now. They are. Um, the And then the other one I saw uh, was a rewatch. So one of the things that I have been doing to keep myself sane is um, NHK World News. It's a, it's a news channel uh, broadcasting from Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's all in English and they do a lot of, you know, every hour on the hour, they do some news and they have a bunch of little sort of cultural shows. And I've been kind of using that to, to sort of fake, Hey, I'm actually traveling this year. I'm actually, you know, doing things and mm-hmm. seeing stuff and in, in other places that, that sort of fill that, that empty void. The, uh, and as part of that, I, I suddenly, early on, I suddenly had an, an inkling to go back and rewatch the made-for-TV movie Shogun. Oh, my God. I remember that from a gazillion years ago. In 1984. Um, it was well worth it. That It was such a well-done movie. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed that. Um, right now, on, on the streaming medias... We we recently signed up for Disney Plus, uh, and I got the bundle package. So I so I now have Netflix, Amazon, or Prime Video. I have Disney Plus. Uh, I have HBO Max and uh, uh, Hulu. And I have way too many of these things for the amount of time I can spend watching TV. Yeah, I end up dropping HBO Max. I have the I have the Hulu Disney uh, Hulu Disney ESPN package. I haven't started watching Mandalorian yet. My son's coming to visit, and I figured he and I could start watching it together. Cool. But 
uh, on HBO Max, Doom Patrol has captured a great deal of my attention for a for a, a DC universe uh, thing. I'm finding that well done. They also have Teen Titans there that I haven't started yet. Oh, but it but it's definitely made for adults. I I did pick up C. I shall want to. I may go back to that. I did pick up CBS All Access because I want to catch up on all of the the Star Trek Discovery and the Picard series. And also, mainly, I picked it up because they're doing yet another remake of The Stand, which is one of my favorite books. Uh, so I, I and, the, and the original mini series they did on it was just absolutely awful. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. Yeah. So yeah, that's well. I'll take some time over winter and I'll do a lot of. <laughs> watching mm-hmm. of the videos i guess and playing of the video games what i want to do next is reflect on our predictions for 2020 before we go into what we think may happen in 2021 uh and i'll just go one by one you have a lot here <laughs> okay so the first one is actually interesting because we already talked about it your first prediction from one year ago was that trump would be reelected. And we already had that discussion, yep. so I'll go not on. Yet. Not yet false. Not yet false, but, but <laughs> false and uh, hopefully false. The other one that you predicted was the rise of AI ops. How's that coming along? Yeah, it's it's. I'll go ahead and say that that's a, that's a failed prediction. It's funny because uh, it's close to one of my predictions for 2021. So we'll put a pin in that. We'll come back to it in a bit. So COVID put a non-trivial distraction, I think, on, on a lot of these things. Um the so AI ops is is actually more prevalent than last year, but is it is my my prediction was intended to say it's going to be like fad worthy uh, term, and that's clearly false. All right, yeah. Uh, the next one was interesting. We could probably talk about it for a moment because it's maybe not quite, but I'll just I'll just read it and see what you say. One talk per major test conference on or about modern testing, perhaps by people not even on our radar. Uh, I think the first part is false, but the, the second part is certainly true. Yeah, and the first part is arguably true, it, depending on your definition of major test conference. So a lot of test conferences have had people talk about modern testing. I don't know that STAR has, but... Uh, I think many of the other conferences have. It's been interesting. And also the rise of people, yeah, people that we don't know about talking about modern testing. Yeah, that's, that has happened. I find that absolutely fascinating. And, and here I'm not ex- excluding the folks that we do know about around people we don't know about talking about modern testing uh, in order to, to knock it down. Uh, I'm talking about uh, supporters of it. Um, yeah, uh, so Star has. I, I just did a search, Star East, for example. There was a talk, Timeless Testing Skills for Modern Testing, Critical uh, Test Strategies for the Modern Testing World. Uh, at least, at least I, I don't know what the content I, of these. I stand corrected. I don't know what the content of those presentations were, but at least the... The name is there. All right. I, and I, going on, I did make a joke about the convergence of modern testing and AI ops, but that never happened. So I, it's okay. That was a joke. But then the next thing is something I wish would have happened and I, I think should happen, but has not happened yet. 
You said observability will kill testability. Yeah, that has not. I don't think that has universally happened yet. No. That's, that's one where... We need to help with that. Put that on the 2021 to-do list. Yeah, that's that's one where I I wonder if 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 Joe has an insight on or Joel. Was, who the hell is Joe? <laughs> Joel Taylor Swift's boyfriend, Joe. Yeah, different uh, Joe. It, it might be. I don't, I don't know. Okay. Speaking of Tay, speaking of Tay Tay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how are your guitar lessons going? Because <laughs> <laughs> that was another prediction that you would start guitar lessons. Yeah. So that went out. The the window when I screwed my finger. Oh, that's right. Right. And by the way, for for the the streaming users who are not there, my finger still ain't fixed. I may be going back for another surgery. Yay. Yeah, your camera's not on anyway. I can't see your picture. My camera's not on? <laughs> <laughs> no. Why is the stupid? Oh, there it is. <laughs> All right. Did you, I, thought, I, I thought maybe you hadn't put your makeup on or something. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that hasn't happened. That's okay. I have been playing my guitar more because I get bored, but uh, it, you can't see it. It's off camera. It's on my other camera, but we'll go on. And then your last one was, see, you don't recall any of these, do you? You no, said your beloved 49ers, that's an American football team, right. would win the Super Bowl. They did not. They did went to it. The game was close, but they did not win. And they will absolutely not be at risk of winning this year. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> All right. So yeah. that wrapped up your predictions. I had a few as well last year. Uh, the first one, I said, I will speak at exactly one conference. I did not go to any conferences, but I ended up doing... Technically, the only conference. I know that's not even true at all. I did Test Bash Home. I did a webinar for Test Craft. And I just this last weekend had a recording presented at the Test Flix conference. A little eight minute talk. So okay. I didn't go to any conferences, but I presented. And with a caveat, I thought my one conference presentation would be a dev or a DevOps conference. That did not happen. I spoke all at, like, technically at two test conferences. So we'll look forward in a minute. I said that the Sounders would make the playoffs for the 12th straight year, and they did, but would lose in the conference championship. Due to COVID, the conference championship has not happened yet. It is on Monday. So we'll see how close I am there. And I said they would make the CCL final. Again, if you're not an American soccer fan, uh, you won't know what any of this means, but they went out in the very first round of the CCL. So that didn't happen either. And I did pr- predict that one year from now, which is today, that I would still be in the same job. I'm in the same job, completely different role. My role has uh, vastly, not that it was bad before, but it's vastly improved. I'm uh, super happy with it. Uh, and that's, uh, those are my predictions. So a couple of them were softballs, sorry, but uh, that's predicting things is hard, especially about the future. Amen. All right. For predictions from 2021, I don't know if you had a chance to think of any, or if you'd like me to start with my three and see what you have to say after that. What do you think? Any ideas? Do you want to kick it off? Yeah, you know what? Uh, honestly, um, 
as you also know that within the next hour, uh, I, I'm going on vacation. So I did a really crappy job for the no, end of the okay. year episode. Th- these can yeah. be our predictions. Yeah. The, My um, predictions are your predictions. Maya, uh, fair enough. Maya predictions say uh, Tua <laughs> prediction. I'm bad at eight. That's a bastardization of about 16 different languages. I'm sorry. Everyone in the world. I, I don't know. In terms of predictions, I'm more leaning towards hopes. Right, right now... I, I, I absolutely hope that whatever happens in terms of the leadership of the United States happens uh, seamlessly without drama in January. Uh, I absolutely hope that the world gets, uh, and I'm tired of this whole new normal conversation. I want us to go back to normal uh, soon. I have a lot of hopes around that there, there. I don't know if you're aware. Did you know that there are now three separate vaccines that have shown to have 90% plus efficacy? Uh, very much paying attention to that. And yeah. Yeah. In terms of, in terms of the world, it would be, it just be, we need to get back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I just looked up while you were talking. I, you were right. I was wrong. Not all states have certified their elections yet. For some reason, I thought they certified by the end of November. But California is the last state to certify the election, which makes sense. It takes a lot longer to count there. Uh, they will certify on December 11th, so next Friday. Uh, okay. Washington, West Virginia, Texas, Oregon, and Connecticut certified yesterday. Illinois will cert- certify today. Only thing remaining is on Monday... New York, Tuesday, Maryland, New Jersey, and Missouri. And on December 11th, California will certify. And then that part hopefully will be done. And hopefully it will be... Hopefully it'll stick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, All so right. So uh, going into my, your hope around... I mean, it's not your hope. It's just there is hope. There's, it looks like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, we can... The articles I've read see not a complete return to normalcy, but a beginning of return to normalcy as early as this summer, which seems like a long time, but it's achievable. Uh, But that goes into my first prediction. I don't think I'm going to travel anywhere on an airplane, at least in 2021. I still don't think between me just being paranoid and things moving along and how well it's worked me working from home. I don't. I don't see any reason to travel for work in 2021. Now, for sure, for sure, there's going to be a lot of that too, right? Because, uh, like, the, there was a study I think I talked about a while ago around internal to Microsoft. Um, what they're finding is that that a lot of ICs are going, dude. I have never been more productive. Um, ICs are individual contributors, and whereas managers. Or like, oh my God, I am pulling my hair out. It, it, well, it's, we're, it's, we're dying in death by Zoom. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it's not a it's it, it's a slow, painful death. It, is um, so you, you yeah. mentioned the magic word there, which gave me a pause to go on a brief segue. I was going to say, if you don't mind, but I'm going yeah. to. So speaking of IC productivity, are you able to offer a comment on your employer's new productivity score that's available for their productivity and office applications? What? 
I, I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. So uh, maybe a week ago at Ignite, actually, uh, yeah, in October, Microsoft previewed a slick new tool called Productivity Score. During the virtual presentation, a senior product manager said the feature provides insights that perform how work gets done by showing employers how workers use Microsoft 365 services like Outlook, Teams, SharePoint, and OneDrive. So they're going to analyze how much you, how much email you're sending and how much time you're in meetings and with who to give you a productivity score. What do y'all think about that? Have you not seen this? I posted it in general. Oh, yeah. I, I haven't been on the Slack group in a while, but uh, go in general and scroll up a couple pages. There's a little bit of a discussion on it. Yeah, I'm, I'm reading an article on Geeks, uh, GeekWire. I'll just say... Uh, uh, (laughs) this can only end badly there's no good reason yeah to me it feels like i even if this thing right um, was doing something beneficial to me it feels like it's early to release this on on human society Mm-hmm. Right. The one of the things that I I I'm seeing right now, for example, is a leaderboard with people's names. And as we know, Hawthorne's uh, effect yeah, is yeah, very yeah. real. Oh, and I could game all this crap. So I could ask you, I know the answer, but would you feel that a productivity metric based on how and how much your employees are using office apps would be a fair representation of their productivity? No, of course not. Would, <laughs> would no, it be and, even close? And here's a quote uh, and from, from someone within Microsoft, uh, I think. I'm not going to mention the person's name, but the quote is product productivity score produces a score for the organization and was never designed to score individual users. Sure. Right. And, and that's, I'm, sure, I'm sure it'll be used that way. Uh, no, well, right. If you show individual users, right. Uh, but to me that <laughs> I'm fairly certain that if I were to un- understand, if I would dive into this further and understand one or two more uh, facts on this, that I, uh, I would conclude this might've been an unethical um, release, right? I, uh, it, it does smell funny. It does. It, it, it's gotten a lot of, uh, I would encourage you to continue to form your opinion on this and let us know how it goes. It just seems like what? Yeah. It almost, it seems like an onion article, but it's not. Back to because I have two positive predictions, but I have one negative one first that, uh, and I'm afraid it's true. Um, as much as I don't want it to be, I think there's a lot of people that are hoping with the transition to a president who doesn't want to be in the news every day that things will get back to normal in the U.S. But uh, I believe the political climate in the U.S. is only going to get worse no matter what. Yeah. Uh, Given what's happened over the last four weeks, there's no graceful way to rise out of this. It's going to get worse, much, much worse before it gets better. Yeah, sadly, I think that's true. We'll see what happens. I can be proven wrong, but that's my hunch. Uh, Two other predictions. One is going to require, they're both going to require some discussion. But one is 2021 will be the year that I get Nicole Forsgren to join us for an episode of A-B Testing. 
Oh, okay. That'd be a fantastic win. <laughs> I'm going to work on pulling that off. The other one is, and it's funny because I wrote this before I either I forgot or I wasn't taking in mind your comment about the rise of AI ops. But as I actually, I don't know if I mentioned this, I keep, I lose track. We don't talk for very often. Uh, one of the things that's on my plate, you like how I almost gave away the prediction that I thought I'd give some context to it. Sure. One of the things on my plate without going into any details at all on our financials is because I own, I manage DevOps teams. I am managing all of our infrastructure across the company. Uh, one of the things on my plate is to do whatever I can to reduce our service cost, our hosting costs, any cost, any, all of our spend we use to make money. Right. What I'm finding as I dig deeper into this is there's actually a book on this, which puts it ahead of AI ops. And, but I finding not a lot of people have heard of, and maybe you have in your part of the world, uh, but 2021 will be the rise of FinOps. Have you heard of FinOps before? No. Financial ops. It's people who specialize in analyzing cloud spend, uh, technology spend, and find optimization. So we're at a stage now in our, I can say this much, we don't have any huge low-hanging fruit. Oh, this will save a lot of money. This will save a lot of money. We're going to have to find hundreds of ways to save a little bit of money here and there. So I'm actually going to hire, I'm going to attempt to hire a FinOps engineer in 2021 because this role exists. There are job openings for it at other companies. There are web, FinOps.org I found is all about this. There's a book about maybe two or three books on FinOps. There's one, most of them are dedicated to FinOps in AWS, which is interesting, but not as relevant to me as GCP. But anyway, I'm going to attempt to hire a FinOps engineer, and that's not what's going to uh, cause the overall industry rise of this. I think it's just I'm riding the wave, I think, of something that is going to become much more huge in 2021. FinOps. <laughs> Brett's still going, what is this word you told me? What are you talking about? FinOps. Fin I'm just like, where does that even come from? It's 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 a DevOps engineer who focuses on financials. But hey, podcast listeners, my dog says hello. Did you say Fin or Fin? F-I-N-O-P-S. Gotcha. So there is, there is a or thing called FinOps. Fin it's a company, apparently. <laughs> no, so, so Fin. It's not fat. Skinny. Oh, FinOps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, Fin, like a like financial operations. It's a dumb name, but it makes sense given. Yep. All right. Yeah. Sure. Why not? Let's let's ops everything. Ops is ops is the new I dot net. <laughs> it really is, and. <laughs> If you look at, because I pay attention to the DevOps space, and and actually one of the discussions we have on on my org is we have, I have a DevOps team, and I have other teams that do things, and they're really DevOps, but really none of them are DevOps, because DevOps is a culture. They're really just platforms and infrastructure and tools, and I, I, I just give up on figuring out what to call them. But then I see a note from marketing, they're hiring someone for DevOps, and I thought, what? And it's like marketing for... I, right. I can't go into the details, but all I'll say is anything that that has anything to do with developer workflow is now known as DevOps. And I find it appalling and disgusting, and I hate it. <laughs> sure. It just drives me freaking batty. And it's it's the battle is long gone. I can't fight it anymore. Uh, oh, 
this I, if I was good with editing, I go add this back to the beginning. But I've been reading this book called Seeking SRE. Great stories, great stories. So I'm gonna I don't have it here. Okay, I'm gonna read you something because I've been looking at because I have SRE, I have DevOps, I have you know, internal platforms, all the tools and systems we use to build and deploy software, and I'm trying to slightly have an SRE team who are doing a little bit too much incident management and not enough SRE for me. And so I was trying to think what's that. And, and, and they're getting it now. We're, we're, we're well on our way to functioning like I think we should. But in reading this book, I found this quote in this book, which is actually, I believe, from the DevOps handbook. But I wanted to read it to you so you get your thoughts. One could view DevOps as a generalization of several core SRE principles to a wider range of organizations, management structures, and personnel. One could equivalently view SRE as a specific implementation of DevOps with some idiosyncratic extensions or some specialties. Some sure. specialization. Oh, I love that. Okay, quote. why? Because it help, for, for me and my org, it helps explain. Uh, I try and explain to them that really you're all doing things that could be called DevOps and they don't. They kind of get it, but not everybody quite gets it. But it's all everybody's working on helping internal teams build, deliver, deploy, and maintain high quality code. Yeah, I've always viewed DevOps as sort of the umbrella term. Yeah, yeah. In fact, there is a, a rumor, at least I don't see it's corroborated anywhere on the internet, but there's a rumor that the reason Google named SRE and camp with the team called SRE is they didn't want to call the team DevOps. So they made up a new name. Oh, okay. I wonder why. I mean, that because that. <laughs> uh, originally, remember, DevOps yeah. is a culture, not the name of an org. We lost that battle. It's all right. I say DevOps is a culture. We have a team called that to help facilitate that culture in the organization. And my team very much lives that principle. But keep in mind that I would say at this stage, the majority of teams called DevOps in the world uh, actually think they do the DevOps. They're really operations orgs which is the antithesis of having DevOps. Yep. Uh, How do we get there? Okay, so those are all the predictions I could think of for 2021. Not going anywhere. Nicole's coming on the show. Nicole, if you're listening, you're welcome anytime. Just, just, anytime. anytime. Uh, Because we want to talk all about your book. And I should pay attention to see what uh, else she has been up to. I did wish her a happy birthday yesterday because she and I have the same birthday. Us and Ozzy Osbourne. Those are the... She and Ozzy Osbourne are the two people I know with the same birthday as mine. God. Now you know. Today I learned. <laughs> well, that's great. The, uh, you know, the last time we did the prediction, like we didn't even, COVID wasn't even a hint. No, but it was a hint soon after. We began hearing right. about COVID, as you recall, in late 2019. It was just after our recording. And man, it came on fast and, and it's not going away. Um. Yeah, the uh, I don't know. It, it definitely it definitely feels like um, I wonder. I wonder if if the test. I don't know. I wonder if anyone's done a study. Has has the test industry? How has the test industry been impacted by COVID? If uh, at well, all, I, I don't think it's changed at all. You don't. You don't think. Like hiring has changed. Like, 
So one of the things that I'm very aware of is, right, there's a lot of financial issues, a lot of mom and pop companies going under, right? Uh, the, the COVID has, has basically, in some degree, and, and I'm not commenting on whether or not I agree with it, but in some degree, it has shifted the pain, right? Uh, 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 there's, there's far more, right? The mental illness issues are on the rise, uh, people having that has nothing to do with testing. Though. No, I know. I just that has to do with COVID <clears throat> in general. And while I fully acknowledge, yeah, mental health issues have definitely risen due to everything to do with COVID. Uh, we have seen some wins though. So I want to. I'll tie this back into predictions. But one thing, there's a company that I I work with. Uh, they make a test automation tool, and. Uh, they just they got rid of their permanent office. They, they're they're a permanent remote work company now for and forever. Interesting, which saves saves them a lot of money. I think it's probably happened a lot. I think what we'll see as we get into summer next year is we're going to begin to see. Some companies have already said people can work from home forever. Uh, some companies have already made some decisions about how offices will be different when they go when people start going back to work every day. We're going to see an onslaught of companies doing different things to that that both give people options to work from home more often or permanently and then take advantage of that by downsizing their corporate office space. There's a huge shift that will begin to see happen as maybe some of that office space turns into housing easing some of the housing burden in places like the Bay Area. Uh, we're going to see uh, actual, not actual is a bad adjective there. We're going to see continuous stipends for people who work from home. We're going to see more and more remote work from locations that aren't in the same city as the office. We're, we're going to see a, a just a lot more ongoing remote work from people who actually enjoy it. Yeah, I, I and there's going to be additional complexities, uh, right? Um, uh, for example, I just recently hired an employee who will start in January. He's currently in the Bay Area. And uh, so the time zone the same, um, but he, he has to relocate in order to work from home, right? And the, the part... Yeah, the what? primary reason is uh, because if he works from home and being located in California, um, he takes a n percent uh, pay cut because California has um, state income tax. Right, because you right because you have to pay tax in the place where you're doing your primary work, and that's there's something else that that has to. In this new world, I'm surprised it hap hasn't happened earlier in COVID. Uh, like when we have employees moving to new states, we have to make sure there's to, to work. We have to make sure we have a tax entity there in order for them to work there. Right. Paperwork. We have, I know people who would like to go work from home and home is another country. They cannot under, under not a company policy, under U.S. tax law, uh, because you have to have a uh, taxable entity for that company in that in that country right and then so I, I, th I think i think we'll begin to see some workarounds for things like that for states and for and for the world uh i'm not sure what they look like we'll begin to see some efforts to make that a little bit more 
not easy to do long term, but uh, able to do on short term basis for things like visiting family, for things like uh, not being able to move right now. Well, so like one thing that I was thinking of, one of my coworkers um, last Friday uh, moved his whole family down to Florida and they've rented a house for the next three months. Right. And he's he's he took some time off in order to execute that move. So from Florida and he's normally based in New York City Um, and he's going to be working from home uh, in Florida for that time. And I'm like that. Except for, you know, the anxiety around working through the logistics of, you know, Okay, how do we make sure that this house is cleaned? How do we make sure it's filled with all the stuff that we can do? I mean, uh, ignoring all that, that sounds awesome. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. One thing I wanted to mention along these lines is not sure what it's like for you. You mentioned you added a team on the East Coast during COVID. But I counted, and now over a quarter of my org, uh, as of today, has never seen a Unity office. Oh, interesting. We've hired a, a quarter of the team has been hired after April, from April to now. Yeah. Um, I don't know how that number extrapolates across the company, but it's very interesting. Yeah, right now my team is at 50 50 because I hired a whole new and then I had a, a, a couple of trits, um, uh, attrition. So people leave left. Anyway, um, yeah. That's interesting. Uh, as you know. And it's it's going to get higher because I'm I have I have a FinOps uh, rec about to go live. Just to do a program manager rec, uh, probably a few other hires in the beginning of the year. So I may have uh, won't get won't get to half, but more and more of my org will have not seen Unity Office. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's it's a it's a new world. All right. Um, one of the things that I'll 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 end on. Right. Uh, obviously, I think the COVID thing is too restrictive. I think we need to absolutely get that over with and done. But uh, change always creates new, exciting opportunities for those who are on the lookout for them. It's, it's This is how you make your own luck. It is. It is. A lot of luck is being paying attention at the right place in the right time. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, that said, uh, Alan, I, I wish you and your family a fantastic holiday season and a happy new year. I'll see you in in two zero two one. The same to you in two zero two one, and also to all of the three people, all three of you listening to the podcast. Thanks for listening, and have a happy holiday, happy new year. We'll podcast to you again in two zero two one. Yes. Is that what we're going to call it now? No, I just did that to see if I could trigger your 2021 uh, thing. I, I failed. It's 2021. <laughs> when you call it 2021, that's when I think you're weird. Oh, yeah. 2020 and one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Make it even longer. That would be great. Okay. Right. I'm Santa Allen. And I am not. All right. Bye, everyone. See you next year. Bye. Bye.